I'm Barry Worthington. I'm Paul Thorpe. I'm Charlie Keegan. I'm Adam Pendlebury. And this is the Progress with Unity podcast. Another game against Luton, another another defeat. A little bit frustrating, a little bit disappointing. Well, quite a, quite a lot disappointing yesterday. 2-0. One of the big disappointing things for me was the fact that we didn't score. That's the first time we've not scored a goal since we played Coventry away back in October. A quick look at the stats from the game. We had 62% possession, nine attempts to Luton's eight, one on target to Luton's two, three corners to Luton's one, Fouls, we committed seven, Luton 11. We picked up two yellows, Corker and McLean. Luton picked up three, and there was an healthy 11,125 on yesterday. Where do we start? Another defeat. We was hoping that Toure might get a win before we had our little mini break. I don't think we ever looked like we was going to get it yesterday. Luton looked a lot better than what we are, uh, a lot more comfortable. They look a lot more drilled as well. That first goal. That present we gave him can't have gone a miss, can it? Ridiculous. Shocking. It came after 11 minutes, Harry Cornick. We had possession just outside our box with... Miguel Aziz, he had two players on him, not the ball back to Corker, who he, he seemed to stumble with the ball under his feet. It seemed to be under his feet, and it was an easy take. Carnick sent it the ball off him, and, and he planted it past Men Amos. <laughs> and you could you could see the old team slumped. They all slumped down. I think the supporters slumped as well. He hadn't scored, had he, uh, until he played us in the first cup match? Colic. It was worse yeah. than shin pads. Right. There was a collision about about twenty minutes in him, him and Aziz. <laughs> and I thought, oh god, what's going on happening here? Anyway, they both went down holding the shins. I'm not I surprised. still can't see. I can't see. I can't see shin pads. I can't see them either. There's no regulation. Yeah. I think it's like it has to be a minimum size, but the minimum size is so small. That's all they do. They get away with it. Jack Grealish is the same. He barely wears any shin pads. This shows you how excited we are about the game of football. Obviously, <laughs> doesn't it? We're talking about shin pads. I honestly, don't know where to go with this. I mean, personally. I don't think we was absolutely shocking. I've seen loads of comments criticising all the players. I thought they all put the effort in. Max Power in particular has got dog abuse, and I think it's so out of order. Absolutely. Out of order. Uh, yeah. I thought he played well yesterday. For me, he was in the top three. You know. he, he did all right. He had a decent enough game. He got abuse from someone at the back of me in the first half. The ball got cleared from a corner or a free kick. It was a set piece into the box. He was the one that chased it out. Nobody else bothered. At the point where he realises he's on his own, he backed off. And then somebody shouted at him and said, Come on, Bower, put some effort in. I understand people being disappointed because we're on a bad run. We're losing games. We don't look like we're winning because we're not creating clear-cut chances and we need to create them to, to win. We did have a, one clear-cut chance, uh, so we'll, we'll just talk about that. I know that Fletcher goal would have put us at one apiece. A superb cross from Charlie Hughes. Max Perry knocked the ball back to him. First time in and, and a great header by Ashley Fletcher. Mm. The key words there, Barry, are first time in. Instead of trying to faff about and get something yeah. perfect, and think, he slung it in. Look what happened. He's been doing that though, time yeah. after time for the under yeah. ones. And they might yeah. have like balls through his playing and he would always play him from centre-back and he'd always look up and he'd see somebody on the run and he would always send it through. That to me yesterday just showed that he's starting to get the same confidence in the first team that he had in the under-21s. And I think that's going to be really important for us moving forward. That, that wasn't the only great ball that he played yesterday. He was playing a few like 
good little balls, either to the side or even direct ones going more attacking. We had a discussion yesterday about it, because for me, looking at the way that he plays football, you know, at the moment he's looking like our best centre-half after two, three games. But I also think that he could be our best right-back, because... Our right backs are terrible. You know, I don't, I don't like to criticise players, but they're, they're both poor. What for different reasons? Derek Work is not a championship player. You know, I think he should be commended for the, the what he did in the last two years, particularly in the first season. And this guy we've got from Blackburn is he's just another Bennett. He's just. You know, we've decided that, you know, we're some sort of uh, residential home for injured injured players. Because if he was good at Blackburn, I've not seen it myself, personally. I, I don't rate him at all. I'm not saying that we, we, move, we move Hughes across there because we probably need him at centre-back. But to say that one of our 18-year-old, 19-year-old players who's played three games would probably be our best right-back, I think, says a lot for the team at the moment. Some of that's for me, is mentality. Nyambi was trying to get forward and yesterday he was a bit more of a, just a, like a carbon copy of Dariqua. Look at the other side, Jay, how much James McLean managed to get forward. You know, there's another one who had a, go- a good game, sticking with it, putting the effort in and driving forward. We had a debut yesterday, Chris, or Christ, Taihi, T-E-I, we'll get to pronounce his name correctly, I'm sure. Personally, I thought he looked all right. He reminded me a little bit of the, the Kante, Macalena type type of player. Very tidy on the ball. I had a little bit of a heart flutter on a couple of occasions when he's doing drag, drag backs at the back. But he seemed to know what he was doing, and I think as the game went on, he certainly grew into it. You've got to be wary for, for me on the, the first game because you, you, you're playing with all that adrenaline. So the first game, I'd always think you want to have a decent game. You can see a way forward where E-Shields are back too so we can then put a bit more, you know, we can play with two at the back and start taking that spare man somewhere else up the pitch to suddenly look a bit better up the pitch. But he's a footballer though, isn't he? I know you say it's his first game, but you can tell who the footballers are, the ones who can actually play. It doesn't mean that they'll necessarily fit in and, and be 10 out of 10s every week, but you can tell he's a footballer. He's happy to receive the ball with his back to goal. He's got a decent touch. He seems pretty confident on the ball. So he's a footballer. You know, and I, and I think you've got to look so far, you know, the, the, the two signings that were kind of a bit out of left field that we didn't really know about have shown bits in the first two games. Corker was very good last week, but obviously was poor yesterday. But, you know, he, again, people would say that he's there for his experience to sort of cajole and help the, uh, you know, the bat line. But I think if you look at his signings so far, to me, they look they look OK. The problem is that the players that, that he inherited don't suit the players that he's coming in. And we we can't change all 11 of them. No one would I want us to do that. But we, we've got to ensure that within that 11, that they're comfortable playing with, you know, to essentially what I would class as proper footballers who who, who um, have good touches, happy to receive the ball. And as I, as I said last week, I thought Aziz was very good last week at breaking beyond the front line. He didn't really get a chance to do that yesterday, but I'm quite happy with those two so far from what I've seen. But, you know, there needs to be more of them because we're still in certain positions, <laughs> particularly at the back. I just don't think we're good enough to play to play that style. How many times did we yeah. play it into his feet? That's the question. Yeah. I think if you say, I, I don't disagree with what you said there, Adam, at all. But coming into this window, what positions did we need most desperately? Not those two. Desperately looking for a left back, weren't we? That's us, Paul, as supporters, isn't it? That's what we're saying. But 
as a manager, he might be he might want his his player in key positions, and I think that position that Christ took up yesterday that is a key position. It's, it's in the heart of the team, and it di- dictates not only how we play offensively but defensively as well. He's, he's sat in that position, isn't he? He's, he's, for me, that is the key, and I love Max Power, but that's not his position for me. And he's been playing there, or Tom Neal has been playing there, who I love. But they're limited in, in, in what their attributes are. But I like what I saw with him yesterday. And I know we've only got him on loan, and we have to stop up to sign him. But he could be a major player for us, I think. Do we think he allows us, though, to change from a back five to a back four soon? Because I think that this back five is a bit too defensive. And I know that when we played a back four, we you know we, we shipped three, four ones in a row and, you know, we're on a poor losing streak. But does Christ make it that we can go to that back four and try and put an extra body in attack? We went to back four yesterday as um, Yus was taken off, there was booze ringing around the, the stadium and he was asked about this in his press conference and he said, I agree, yeah, the fans are reacting. He said, but he wanted to go to the back four so that would be more offensive. Perhaps that's the way he wants to play because we played at Millwall, didn't we, with the back four? But, you know, that yeah, I think we game. played the first three or four games of the back four. And then once we got battered three, uh, four, one, three times, then he dropped to a back five, I think, just to stop the rot and just stop stop conceding goals. But we yeah. was playing with, with two midfielders in them games. We're, we're a bit more loaded though now, so it's making a, a bit of a difference that for me. I agree that I think we're more suited to a four because we, you know, we can get, particularly with... Christ yesterday, he could play that role. Then we could have more of a, maybe a max power, who's sort of the energy in the midfield. And then we could have, you know, whether it be a Seas or an Asgard uh, within that midfield who can do a little bit more going forward. But I think what's key there is I think a right back, we might just be able to get away with it because he's all right if you don't expect him to go forward. But where's our left back? Bennett is just, you know, he just falls to pieces after half a game. You know, he's gone. I don't think we want McLean at left back. You know, he might he might be all right to fit in for one game. Where's Tom Pierce? <laughs> you know, we keep he's not even been mentioned. Now I know we said he's been injured, but I've not heard Tom Pierce mentioned in any real depth since well this season. Really, I, I can't remember him being being mentioned. I know he's been he's been injured, and Kendrick put an article out on Wigan today uh, last week, and he said that Tom Pierce is back on the grass, apparently training with a fitness coach, so he's trying to get his fitness back up. But there's no real set date return. But going on the right back position, obviously we've, we're switching between Dariqua and Niambi. But in our, I'm a big advocate for our under 21s. I think that obviously Charlie Hughes came from there, Tello Asgard, Callum Lang at one point. I think that Kieran Lloyd should be given a bit of a chance because he's he's got the professional development league. He's gone up to second in there. He's, he's the captain for the under 21s. He's scoring his assistance. So why don't we just give him a bit of a run out? Because if these players like Niambi and Dariqua, they're, they're playing with the burden of this bad run. Kieran Lloyd might bring a bit of a freshness to the side and all it takes is that one game to try and get a win and then it can set the whole team back in a sort of motion and we can start to play Niambe back in if he's picking up a bit more confidence. So I think that maybe we try and look at bringing him up. Is he that type of quality though, championship level? I mean, it was on loan at Fylde earlier this, this season, weren't it? Was it Fylde? It was somewhere in... Yeah, I think, in, I think it was Fylde. Yeah, yeah, they were, it was at Fylde and they really liked him, but obviously it's a bit of a... A lower standard. I think he went back down to he went to Chorley, I think, on loan. But you know, he, he seems like he's a, he's well built. He's quite a stocky sort of player. He's he's quick. He has played in the first team, hasn't he? Previously, he's yeah. played in the cup games and there. 
Talking of left backs, I mean, we've been linked with Tyler Blackett again, haven't we? I know Paul Kendrick was talking on Twitter about somebody asked him about it. He said it's, it's the, it should be done this week. So by the time we play Blackburn, uh, Tyler Blackett should be in, in the squad. But is he the answer? Who knows? Adebayo, again, got a goal yesterday, came from nothing. Nice move from, from Luton's point of view, but from ours, I, I thought it just cut us wide open. Had that shot, hadn't we? You know, we said we had one shot on target. We'd had, that was the one, wasn't it? Fletcher had that that shot, which was weak. And then I think pretty much within 30 seconds, they'd scored. It cuts us open that fast that from our shot missing, I thought, right, now's a good time to pour myself a brew. And it was in the back of the net before I finished pour- pouring my brew. That's how quick it was. Yeah, what did yeah. you have, Paul? What was it? Oh, so. coffee. Paul, if, it, if, it was the other, if it was the other way around, you could have made yourself a three-course meal before we got <laughs> up to the other end of the pitch. <laughs> I mentioned earlier about the uh, substitutes. Asgard Online came on for Hughes and Aziz, and there was booze about the fact that I think it was Charlie, Charlie Hughes was going off because he, he was playing well. And then McGuinness and Naylor came on for Fletcher and Taha again, and there were booze ringing out. And I think it's because Christ went off. When you look at us now, you see us. And we're, we've been laughing and joking about the fact, you know, the, the goal, we're not going to score a goal, we're not going to win a game. We're pretty poor, aren't we? <laughs> if truth be known. We're pretty just slow. Well, so well, slow, so rigid, so terrified to make any mistakes that we make more mistakes. And the big one for me yesterday was our first goal. And obviously, like the second goal after wasn't great, but just get rid of it. If the ball's coming, to, I know it got caught up in Corker's feet, but get rid. And I think that's one of the big problems this, this year that we're not doing is we're not closing down people. And when we do end up getting the ball and getting to it, we're not getting rid of it and we're turning it over. He had this great PowerPoint that explained how we were going to revolutionise the way we play. And what have we done? We play exactly the same, but we give hospital passes across the back four. I was talking to somebody I didn't know yesterday about, about the game and I said Luton looked half-decent. They didn't look brilliant, but they looked half-decent. I said they were they kept the ball well and he said, yeah, they looked like they'd been drilled. They looked like they'd been really drilled on the, the uh, training pitch and we didn't. So we sacked a manager earlier this season because we've been on a bad run and we've brought someone in. Now, I'm going to ask the question because people want it asking. we brought somebody in who's taken us even further backwards. <laughs> we've played nine yeah. games under him. We've, got, we've drawn two and lost the rest. Well, we've drawn three, haven't we? We've drawn, we drew the cup game as well against Luton. Five hours per point is what we've got in the league. Yeah. We've scored six goals in that run and conceded 18. He's brought it with him two inexperienced coaches. He's an inexperienced manager. Do we bite it off and start again and bring somebody else in or do we persevere? We have to persevere, really. I don't think it's as simple. You know, people always say, oh, just sack the manager, sack the manager. But they don't, people don't realise the repercussions, what it's going to cost us. It'll probably cost us our entire budget for the transfer window, at least. Because, you know, we'd be paying off uh, Torre with these coaches. Uh, also as well would the new manager like the players he's brought in that we'll have spent some money on it's just not sensible I, I think I think at this stage you know we, we've got to we've just got to well hold our nerve and just hope that when he gets two or three more of the players that he wants something will click because there have been seasons I mean that 2012 I know it's different but that 2012 season 11-12 season under Martinez it didn't look at all like anything was going to click in that first part of the season, in that first part of the season, and then something just did. I know we got a couple of players back, but that could be equated to Tory getting a couple of players in. Remember, we still know Charlie White, who's a big player. I think that that season, from memory, I don't think Maloney was fit for the first half for that season, and then he came in and he made a massive difference, and we clicked big time, didn't we? 
And the we different, the yeah, the difference there, Adam, though, Martinez has been at the club for two years. Tory's been with us for two weeks, can't he? Well, a little bit longer than two weeks, but you know what I'm saying. Martinez knew the club and knew the players. It was more about the looking desperate and looking like you can't see a win coming from anywhere right. and then suddenly clicking in rather than sort of... I, I do know what you mean. He, he had... Uh, but, you know, his squad was ever developed, wasn't it? Because when he first came in, he wanted to play football with Titus Bramble at the back. Well, he know? did. So, yeah, we got a couple um, of players in. I think what you're, what you're talking there, Adam, is you're looking for signs that something is... You know, it doesn't come out of nowhere. It comes out of grafting and working and following the instruction and you will see the signs that it's coming good or it's going to come good I certainly think we saw far more signs under Martinez same with Gary Caldwell you know when he was quote struggling at the start of the season and then it, it, it turned around same with Paul Cook when that team suddenly came good I've not seen the signs under Toure yet so I I will still sit here and say I think we're going down whether we sack him or not because if you start from scratch again, I think you might have to struggle. But I don't think it's time to pull the trigger because as he started to bring the guys in to transform everything, I don't think he's had enough of a shout. I think you're talking two or three more games. Charlie, you've been advocating the the role of a director of football coming to the club. Why is that? Well, I think, so. just talking on the Torre point, I think that the time for the benefit of the doubt is done. He's had his time to really try and implement something. It hasn't worked. And I'm still going to hold off until the end of the January transfer window and see from February onwards. Because I think that the, one of the saving graces in our season is that at the bottom of the table is quite tight. So a good run, we could still be in with a shout, but it will be a huge turning point. But I saw a point from Dan Stacey on Twitter and he said that it, we shouldn't be pointing the finger at Torridge and the players, but really that we have a lack of a director of football at the moment. So somebody to... Really, obviously talking in a broader sense and talking of a much bigger and better club at the moment is Arsenal. You know, they're on the they're on course to go and win the Premier League this year. And they've got Edu is the director of football. And from the time that they were going through their transitional time and then they've, they've implemented Edu at the top, Arsenal look brilliant. And you, you see a lot of championship clubs now, they're getting directors of football and they're starting to make the push up. And I think that for a club like Wigan, who is struggling and doesn't really have much direction on the field. I think there's somebody to just sit above Torre and say that, right, this is how we need to play. We don't deviate from this. And if there's any problems with you implementing any ideas, you need to come to me and we'll sit together and we'll try and find sign-ins or tweaks that we can make. But to me, it just seems that Torre, Betsy and Jahal, and obviously Rob Kelly, they're trying to pull strings. They're trying to make decisions. But where do they really look to to, to get them help? Yeah, you've got Mar Brannigan, who's a chief exec, but... He really needs to be focusing on a lot of the off-field things and trying to make the whole club more healthy in general. But who's the person that they can go to and try and get more direction as like a director of football? I'm not really sure that we have that and I don't know where where we can get one. Director of football, nonsense role for me. If you appoint a manager who has a particular, wants a style, stick by that manager. A director of football that you can keep whilst you're churning through sacking managers to enable the consistency of style is 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 basically you're achieving a consistency of style. Keep the manager in place if you if you think that that style is good enough and that manager's buying into that style. I don't think there's any way that the board get rid of Torre. There's no way with the, the amount of money we've spent in compensation just no. to get him from Leicester and the money that they've invested. There's there's no way this board is ever going to sack Colo Torre this season. You know, maybe next season or the season after if we're still on a bit of a downfall, but. 
I can't see that we will be, but I don't know. It was just a, a question that I saw on Twitter this week yeah, of I'll, more of a direction. Yeah, I'll contribute to that. I think in an ideal world, I would agree. I, I think it would be good. Um, I disagree with Paul for the first time ever. <laughs> but there have been times, I don't know if it was official titles then, because I think it's a relatively new title, but we have had instances of it. Because if you remember, uh, John Benson kind of had that role, didn't he? And to be honest, he, he just wasn't a manager in a sense that he just couldn't relate with his players, I don't think. But when he was above the manager, he was excellent because he had a really good football knowledge. He was the one who said, look, Roberto, if, it's your decision, but if you bring in Baselli, he's not going to be suited to this to this style of football, even though he scored all these goals in South America. And he was spot on. So in an ideal world, I think they're, they're good because it's like a place where a manager can go to get a good football person who knows the game and get get advice, particularly for young coaches. Mal Brannigan is a is a very experienced CEO, and 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 I think he will, he offers a lot to the club. But he's not played the game, has he? You know, he's not he's not going to be that person who's a mentor who can help who can help uh, shape the direction of the club. Who does Torre go to if he's struggling? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that's the point. That is the whole point. If you've got a director of football. All that role does is isolate you from the pressure of the struggling. If you say the manager's role is secure and he's not going anywhere, then that isolates him from the pressure of struggling and lets him carry on doing what he's doing until it comes good. Right, back to the game. Man of the match, (laughs) according to our listeners on both Facebook and Twitter, is the debut boy, our number 22, Christ Taihai. So congratulations, (laughs) I think a a well-deserved one. It was a close-run thing with Charlie using there as well. But well done to uh, Christ. So, man of the match on his debut. We've no game now for 16 days, but we're we're smack in the middle of the transfer window. We've been talking about people coming in. I mentioned earlier about Tyler Blackett. Joe Gellart, I think we mentioned last week that it it was unlikely. He's in the lead squad again today for the Premier League match. Still nothing doing. Apparently, our offer's on the table, so it's up to up to Leeds. But there's been word that one of our young lads might be about to leave on loan up to Scotland. Josh Stone's been linked with a move to Ross County, who is managed by Malky Mackay. Poor decision. I'm somebody that is, like I was calling for Kieran Lloyd before, I've been calling for Josh Stones to even just try and get 30 minutes of football in this first team, or even just keep him in the other 21s. They're having a good season. He's scoring a lot, he's assisting a lot. Yeah, he's just come back from injury and he's starting to to pick it back up, but I really don't understand why you would send him on loan to a club managed by Malky Mackay when we're struggling. We're going to bring in or try and bring in Joe Gellar, and he didn't play for Leeds today. The, 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 it looks like they're opting Sam Greenwood and obviously Patrick Bamford over him. Well, if we're going to try and look in to bring in Joe Gellar, who's come from our academy and is exciting forward, we have that in Josh Stones. So I don't understand why he isn't being given at least 30 minutes with with some of our striking options at the moment, Charlie White's out injured. We haven't really got anybody that I'm excited about coming off the bench. Give it to him. Don't send him on, on loan to Ross County. Come on, Josh. You lose Rick Connor from me. What, is, what is it with Ross County anyway? Is that like where terrible Wigan managers end up? Because that, I'm sure Owen Coyle was there for a bit, wasn't he? Tim Choi went there on loan, didn't he? He signed for him, actually. Tim Choi went playing in uh, Ross County. Nice Pass at Will that up in the eye. Born in Billings. Born in Billings, Tim Choi. Was I? That's where I was born. I was born there too. Yeah, I was. 
Right, we'll be back. I don't know when we'll be back. We're going to play it by here because there's, there's no uh, here, here, here with H. We'll be back. I don't know when we'll be back. We're going to play it by here because there's no game to preview. So we're going to see what's if there's anything happening around the club or uh, transfer. So possibly Wednesday, possibly next Sunday, but we'll see. I'm sure we'll be back next Sunday at the latest. So until then, don't get too despondent. We're Latics. We've been here before. We know what we're doing. Well, we don't know what we're doing, and that's part of the fun. Right, so until we're back, up the ticks, come on. Up the ticks. ticks.